0: and welcome to another episode of Seattle to Note know- to um, who are we I'm sick who are you I'm Melinda, actually. Do I have a real name? Oh, right. I'm Sarah, in case you were wondering, but I am also sick. She is very, very much diseased. It's like the swamp thing has taken up residency in my sinuses. Yeah, no, I believe it. It's pretty gross. enjoy listening to that, dear
1: listener. Ew. I'm so sorry, you guys. I can't help it. My sinuses are mean. Yeah. So does that mean you don't have a cocktail this week or do you are you oh. braving it
0: oh i do i went to the fruit juice aisle looking for something that seemed he- healthy and i came up with something called frank juice which sounds frank a- juice that's what it says and on the back it looks it says- like it's Like a light teal? Yeah, it's like day glow blue on the back. It says blue glow makes you glow. Like
1: Alex Mack?
0: They might not have had the best copywriter on that.
1: Does it tell you what it's supposed to be or is it just is blue juice that's going to make you glow? It is
0: cocoa, uh, coconut water, blue spirulina, water, lemon, lemongrass, and honey. So it's either going to be good or disgusting. Let's find out. It just kind of tastes like lemon water. It's fine.
1: Okay. That's impressive.
0: Oh, but I didn't shake it up. There's like a sediment at the bottom I should probably get
1: Yeah, because that's all your, uh, your blue algae. Is spirulina of algae? I thought it was under that family. Maybe not. I don't know.
0: You know what? I don't have any idea what it is, so I fully support your decision to make it an algae.
1: Let's Google.
0: It doesn't taste any better or worse mixed up. Just more opaque. The funny thing is, is when I bought it at the store, it must have been sitting for a very long time because it was completely clear like water. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. Coconut water, I'll take that. Put it in my backpack, took it home, and uh, when I got home, it was blue.
1: It is a blue pigmented derived from the blue-green algae. See,
0: there you go. You know more about algae than I do.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm happy for you. Um, My cocktail of the week was actually just watermelon with tahine.
0: With tahine?
1: Tahine. Isn't that like Tahini. Nope.
0: No? Okay, well, I'm really, really jacked up on cold medicine right now, so... Sahin
1: is... It's salt and, like, pepper, I get Not, like, black oh, pepper, oh, but, like, spicy oh. pepper and... Yes, I salt, know what pepper, that is. pepper, lime. Yeah. That's one of those things... I guess that'd be it.
0: That's one of those things where I've seen the bottle, I've seen the name, but I've never thought about how it would be pronounced or heard someone say it before. I have a coworker who sits behind me who keeps a bottle on her desk
1: at all times. It is fantastic on an array of fruit so good it's good on cantaloupe and pineapple is anything good on cantaloupe cantaloupe's pretty gross no i like cantaloupe cantaloupe and prosciutto mm, thanks for teaching me that one out italy
0: <laughs> i'd shout out the coworker who keeps the bottle on her desk um except i posted a picture earlier today of the american shelf at my grocery store and it was all just marshmallows and, it looked uh, like
1: it was all condiments.
0: It it was a lot of, like, peanut butter, but, like, three rows of marshmallows. And I posted oh. it on Instagram, and she wrote back, she goes, I don't know, seems accurate to me. <laughs> so she is not getting a shout-out.
1: Aw, uh, womp womp. So there. But a uh, gold star for her for uh, rocking the, the tahine Delightful.
0: It's good. I just, it's like, so, you know when you learn a word by reading it, but not by hearing it said? Like, for instance, I know a lot of people who thought the word chaos was pronounced chaos for a long time until they put two and two together. Or I thought um, ennui was pronounced ennui, and I said it that way up until, like, last year.
1: Oh, my sister was one, she thought it was facade instead of facade.
0: (laughs) So, like, I see it, and if you were to write the word, I could identify it, but I've just never heard it said out loud. Moose, could you please go to bed? You guys are silly.
1: So, that is cocktails.
0: Weekly cocktails update. are
1: done too soon? No. Your weekly update. Go for it. So, I've been trying to do some research on lactose intolerance and potentially what I can and cannot eat like dairy-wise. And I kind of found that something lower in sugar shouldn't be as bad because that's the sugar you can't break down. That's in milk products. Mm-hmm. So, I've been I've been I've done this once. I experimented with some yogurt that was low in sugar. Guys, I had Greek yogurt for the first time. Greek
0: yogurt is so good.
1: I haven't had yogurt in 13 years.
0: Okay, so tell me more about this yogurt. Did you enjoy it? Do you love Greek yogurt?
1: I think so. I mean, Mike's like, so what do you think? And I'm like, it's tangy. <laughs> He's like, uh, is that good or bad? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's good. And I'm like, I haven't had like yogurt. And like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, it's been 13 years. <laughs>
0: The trick with Greek yogurt, if you if you aren't super fond of the flavor at first, is to put a drizzle of honey across it.
1: Ooh, that's smart. So I I bought a few more, so we'll see how that goes. But like, if I can actually eat some yogurt, like real yogurt, that's really exciting because the flavor options for the lactose intolerant for fake yogurt is very limited, and I just really want lemon yogurt.
0: Ooh, that sounds good. I haven't had lemon in a while. I usually I just get like faye and put honey on. Out- on top of it, I even had like a little jar of honey on my desk for a
1: couple months. I love honey, so this is perfect. I'm gonna have to try that. That sounds amazing. But this is really exciting. I know it's kind of pathetic, <laughs> but this is kind of exciting. It's been 13 years since I had real yogurt because I just could not. But that was eating the ones that had a bunch of sugar in it. Which, by the way, some yogurts have a shit ton of yogurt, a uh, shit ton of sugar. <laughs>
0: I just love the idea you'd open a cup of yogurt and go, God, there's this a shit ton of yogurt. yogurt in here.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, some of them have a shit ton of sugar.
0: Uh, well, what's interesting is the ones that have a lot of sugar tend to be fructose based, which isn't really yogurt anyway. Whereas Greek yogurt is straight up yogurt.
1: Yeah, which it was It was good. I like that it's thick versus like mm-hmm. the soupy yogurt. So I don't know, there, there'll be more exper- experiments to come. Kind of excited. This seems
0: like an you know when they say don't try this at home. I feel like experimenting with dairy is an only try this at oh, home. Oh no no, experiment. no yeah
1: I I tried it when I was gonna be home. I was done for the day. <laughs> I might be able to eat some forms of yogurt without completely dying. Yay! I'm so excited. So excited. Sarah, do you have an update?
0: My weekly update is as you may have noticed, I am sick again. I get sinus infections a lot. I think I got three or four last year. And this one I don't think is a sinus infection anymore because normally it's like congestion and grossness, but this is congestion, grossness, constant sneezing, constant runny nose, constant ickiness. And uh, so that's unpleasant. Gross. Um, But I have to get better by tomorrow at five because we have an office party.
1: Priorities, huh?
0: Yep, exactly. You can't be better and by today. <laughs> our office party... Our company, which shall remain nameless, is uh, very, very into their parties, and it's not uncommon to spend large sums of money on these parties because they have full open bar from, like, 4 p.m. until 6 a.m. the next day. Jeez. And, like, shuttle service to and from the train station and, like, you name it, it is there. We usually have live music. If it tells you anything about how extreme these parties get we have had the band mando dio perform for us beth ditto um we've had some of like the top djs in europe although question mark because i don't know who the top djs in europe are i just know that everyone around me says hey it's that guy don't
1: you love that guy yes that guy i'm pretty sure you you haven't made it unless scooter performs for you guys (laughs) How much is the fish? How much is the that fish? <laughs> That's all I know, too. And it's just like, what is this?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Every party, someone stands up and they're like, oh, my God, that person. And I never, ever know who it is, with one exception. They said the guy coming up is in the rap group Fantastischen Fear, which is like the German Beastie Boys. Huh. And I actually when I was they have this song that came out many, many years ago called MFG, where it's an entire song made up of acronyms that are common in the German language, an entire song. And each line is thematically like makes sense where it kind of is telling a story, despite the fact that it's just acronyms. But we learned it in my German language class so that we could learn the alphabet.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And so at one point I did know every single line. So when he got on stage, I went, oh, I actually know this guy. The irony that the one German performer is the one that I know. But yeah, that's how it worked out. He was the only one I knew.
1: Good luck with that tomorrow. I hope you really enjoy that guy. That guy! That doesn't love that guy. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck with that.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So... Uh So we have this party every single year and alumni of our company are allowed to come. So there's one person who used to work in our marketing department who quit or left. I don't know if she quit or was fired or whatever, but she left in 2017, really early in the year. And she came back last year for the summer party. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's a long way to fly. She's from Aruba. Like, that's a yeah. very long way to yeah. fly to come to a party. And I thought, oh, she must have, like, other vacation plans or something. And then I saw on Facebook last night, she's coming back this year for the summer party. Interesting. She has not worked here for two years, and she comes back every year to go to a single party. Now, don't get me wrong. It is a very good party. I was
1: going to say open bar. It is,
0: yeah, I mean, if you hit the bar hard enough, it'll be worth it. But you really have to hit that bar hard. <laughs> like liver crying. Like, I've flown long distances for short periods of time before, but never just to go to a party. If that tells you anything about how good our parties are, we have people flying in from Aruba.
1: That's kind of impressive, actually.
0: That's a lot of commitment, especially since we've had such a huge turnover
1: that, like, she's not going to know most of the people anymore. Doesn't matter. Everybody's your friend with enough drinks.
0: I love everybody here! Oh my gosh, it's that guy! drinks on me <laughs> oh, wait no
1: <laughs> and then everybody's still gonna cheer because it's like yeah they're not gonna know we don't difference. care Yeah, exactly. as long as
0: we're not paying
1: right yeah have fun raging out tomorrow
0: if not <laughs> there I will be doing so in my pajamas at home
1: um moving along I've got a pretty nifty well, I've got a new story uh for this week so one of the big things that you see on Instagram and most social medias are something that's been nicknamed the gates of heaven that's in bali and it's a major tourist spot it's big for instagram influencers and travel bloggers all that And i'm sure you've probably seen it it's the one where it's two massive stone monoliths of the temple and then it looks like there's this ultra pristine lake underneath it super beautiful super great well come to find out people are slowly starting to learn that that's not actually how that temple looks not at all not at all My favorite line, probably from this article, was like, "There's this guy sitting underneath an umbrella, and he holds a mirror underneath a phone to make it look like there is that super pristine lake."
0: If you're not familiar with this one, but maybe you're familiar with the pictures from the salt flats in Bolivia, where it's like mirror glass. The one in Bolivia is actually like a surface that
1: is—that's
0: mirror glass. This is a fake version of
1: it. It's—it's a temple. There is no lake at all. And people are lining up for hours to get this fake photo in front of the stone monolith. Hours. And it's like you can see people practicing their poses. So they're like doing yoga. They're doing jump poses in line yeah. while they're waiting because you get you get five poses.
0: That's it. Oh, uh, and truly when she says hours, like I've seen people say between 3 and 4 hours is not uncommon.
1: Yeah, it's it's no joke how long you're going to wait there, but how else do you think these people are getting these pristine lake temple pictures with nobody else in the background? It's fake.
0: Yeah. It's fake. And the pictures Are just gorgeous. They are. But four hours.
1: In the article I was reading, somebody went and she was talking to her guide and they said, It's really disappointing because this temple is one of Bali's oldest and most highly regarded temples, and people would rather wait hours to take their photo in front of the monoliths than walking around and seeing what the temple's all about. And it says that says a lot of what we value in 2019.
0: It does. I'm a little bit hesitant to, you know, make fun of people who want to take really pretty pictures because truly it is gorgeous Yeah, like these pictures are insane
1: I have no problem with that but the fact that that's all they're there for is just that one Instagram photo that makes me sad yeah because there's also in the article there's a photo of a gal just she's standing on like the walkway path in front and has a photo taken and it's still it's still really beautiful too that way without having the mirror underneath the phone mm-hmm. and it's just they just want the photo they don't want to learn about the actual location and that's that breaks my heart take your photo but learn about the place you're at why is it there why is it significant besides Instagram um there's reasons for things to exist besides Instagram yes this was not built for Instagram
0: purposes <laughs> but. yeah well it's interesting that such a huge cottage industry again it's a contradiction of terms, but an industry has sprung up around taking picturesque photos in Bali. Like, for instance, the swings that everyone takes pictures of themselves on, where it's similar. You just, you have to line up for hours to take pictures on a swing. You get maybe five minutes to, to take all of them, and then it's over.
1: Yeah, anytime there's nobody else and the shot seems a little too perfect, there's usually a line involved. hmm So that's, that's the sad part about all of that. But like, even the pictures with without the mirror. They're still really freaking gorgeous. Mhm. It's just a really pretty location and it's just not it's not being fully appreciated as it should be.
0: No, it isn't. But on the other hand, how clever of the person who set up the the umbrella and the phone and the mirror.
1: Yeah, they're probably I don't know if they charge her anything.
0: Oh, they do. They're probably Boy, making do a they. bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I
0: think gosh, I was reading about the swing pictures and um how expensive those are. Bali swing Photo cost. That'll be one arm and one leg, please. It says the price for entry is usually one hundred and fifty thousand Indonesian rupiah. Uh, Which I think they're, is that what it is. It's Indonesian something that starts with an R but isn't rupee. Um, hmm, that is not the price I saw quoted last time. It says that's only ten euros. I believe I've heard as much as hundred and fifty.
1: I'm sure it all depends on like who you go through or who you find there. I don't know.
0: Well, like they they're set up by specific companies so each little industry uh company has their own swing somewhere in bali gotcha yeah and it says let's see the active package includes 15 single swings you get to swing 15 times uh three tandem swings nine cute nests oh there's also like the weird pictures where you sit in a nest that's a little strange i'm not super into that um <laughs> photo shooting points it says it's up to 50 euro 50 usd per person oh
1: shit 50 um, bucks for a photo uh-huh yikes
0: yeah and each of these will have a line and i don't know i get the desire to have beautiful vacation photos i don't get the desire to pay money for it
1: or that much like 10 bucks for a swing shot okay why not i can handle that if that's something i really really wanted like please don't make me look stupid looking pulling a weird face or anything, but... (laughs) Yeah, have you seen the photos in the nest? I'll send you one. No, but I need to see this because I'm so curious now, but I don't know, just maybe when you're at somewhere waiting in line, maybe try and learn the history about that place.
0: Yeah, and so you're paying money to a photographer. Fine. Make sure you also make a donation to the temple itself because I don't think they're getting money off of the random dude taking photos.
1: Probably not. Yeah. So again, responsible tourism, but yeah, Just, just thought that'd be interesting to share. There's no lake there so when you get there don't be too disappointed don't forget to come early because you're gonna be waiting in line but also learn your history damn it
0: (laughs) okay it's sending
1: yeah oh nope not happening
0: (laughs) i think you should also be required to wear like half a shell
1: what like you
0: you're an egg that's just cracked no and now
1: no no because then if you get a tax from, from some big ass bird I'm sure their insurance doesn't cover that
0: so this week's topic is how to lower your impact on the environment while traveling so what can what steps can you do to lessen some of the massive carbon output that is inherent to traveling
1: which this is also something that we are going we're taking a step towards practicing a little bit better on our next trip too
0: yeah we've been looking into what things we can Personally, do. There's some things that are completely out of our control. Like, if you need to fly somewhere, you cannot control the carbon output of that plane. It's just, there's, it's out of your hands. But what can you do to lessen that as much as possible? Yeah.
1: And one of the most simple ways of starting, you know, it's, it's not something you're going to be perfect at right out of the gates, but something you can start doing is um, not using single use plastic items. You can do this by remembering to bring and use your reusable bag or bringing utensils. There's a lot of cool utensil sets that you can buy online that has everything you could possibly need. Um, or you can just bring the ones that you have in your drawer. But I got me some fancy ones.
0: <laughs> the benefit of buying a set that's intended for travel is that they tend to be lighter weight, whereas the ones you have at home can be a bit more substantial.
1: You know what? I think mine might be the opposite. Mine's a little really? heavy. Yeah, so maybe I'll switch that out. But um, the spoon is also like friggin giant. Ginormous. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's bigger than our normal like, soup spoon, I guess it would be. I don't know. Yeah, my
0: set, we both ordered our own reusable utensil set. Mine's actually much, much lighter. The spoon is slightly weirdly shaped, but not huge.
1: I'm not mad. They're like the weird rainbow colored ones, so they're really neat looking. Like,
0: like oil slick kind of? Yeah,
1: because that's what everything I want is in that color scheme lately. <laughs> I might have <laughs> Well, I know because
0: I ordered my set and I was like, ooh, I'm going to get them in gold. They're going to be really pretty and then you were asking about it or we were chatting about what we would do and I googled like I googled I went on Amazon and looked up reusable set and I saw the one that was like the oil slick style I was like oh I could send her a link to almost any of them but I know she wants this one yes I do and I bought it (laughs) so um if you bring a set of utensils remember to leave the knife at home because you can't bring that but everything else you're good to go to shove in your bag without any issue
1: so I in my set that will actually be traveling it's a fork a spoon set of chopsticks and two different style metal straws Yep, yeah, mine as well and it
0: came in a little drawstring baggie Ooh, mine's a little zipper uh, pouch Ooh, yours is fancy I and I, it came with a um a straw cleaner yep mine too one bendy straw one straight straw yep yep um i probably won't bring the straws because i don't use straws anyway
1: i typically don't but i might bring one just on yeah. the off chance because you never
0: know. The straight straw probably more so than the bendy straw.
1: Agreed. But the nice thing is is because we did get different scents we're not going to get confused on which one's which. Mine's yeah, the cooler exactly. one. There's
0: no putting someone's fork in your mouth and going, "Oh, wait. Is this your dingle hopper or mine?" <laughs> Gross, dingle. Don't say that. <sighs>
1: little mermaid reference
0: i know but that still doesn't change the fact that dingle is a really gross word dingle hopper my mom (laughs) called both my sister and i dingleberry for years before someone told her what it meant
1: no i think it was applicable (laughs) (laughs) Shush, checking that don't (laughs) whine anyways (laughs) we're off topic um another easy one is making sure that you're bringing your own water bottle especially if you can actually drink the local water something to research before you just do
0: if you can't drink the
1: local water
0: then we're kind of back to square one you don't have a whole lot of options some hotels where they know the water isn't potable will have like a water cooler that you can get you can fill your water bottle from but you kind of have to play it by ear having a water bottle on you is never a bad idea but you won't want to use it if the water isn't potable
1: yep so look into that one before you just drink random water puddles Um, yay
0: who doesn't love a good puddle juice
1: Another one that's rather simple to do is to bring naked products. So these are things that are coming without extra packaging. Um, yeah, mostly without packaging. So solid products again. You know, bringing a little chunk of a bar of soap instead of body wash, finding solid shampoos and conditioners, or face soaps. Yeah,
0: and Lush is the obvious brand that jumps out at most people when you hear Ah. naked products. But there's lots and lots of options. We've talked about it on past episodes. Um, but it never hurts to remind you that that's always an option And there are lots of those options available to you. If you
1: don't have a Lush nearby, always check out Etsy. Is that more universal?
0: I think Etsy is less well-known outside
1: of the US, but- sorry guys.
0: But it's available to you. It's not as if you don't have it. I
1: think Amazon has like a a handmade section where people are selling stuff on Mm -hmm. Amazon. So that might be a good resource too. Yep, very good point.
0: So those are ways to cut plastic out of your life. There's plenty more on the airplane. You don't have to get a little bottle of of water you can ask them to fill your water bottle um if they give you a set of plastic utensils whip your own existing ones out They're like,
1: i'm good those those are i think like really good starter steps if you're just switching in you know what i mean mm-hmm. yep and then there's some other ones since we've gotten more to the digital age where you're buying your plane tickets online and everything you can um have well maybe not just plane but you can have your transportation tickets on your phone instead of printing them yeah wherever possible that's the option i would go with. I mean, sometimes it is good to have a hard copy, but you don't have to. Just have it saved in an email. Have it emailed to somebody else that's responsible and then have that electronic ticket. Save yourself some paper. Save the world some paper.
0: Also, on the topic of saving paper, another thing you can do is rather than taking brochures when you go to sightseeing destinations, either take it but return it at the end of your tour or your visit or whatever, or take it but take a picture of it and immediately put it back. Because I think... my personal issue when I travel is that my bag is just constantly fully, my bag is constantly filling with various pamphlets and maps and things that I'm going to get home and recycle. So save yourself the recycling step and just take a picture. Because I mean, it's double duty. You're both helping the environment by not taking ne- unnecessary paper, but you're also helping your bag not be stuffed to the brim with random
1: junk. And you're also helping the location by saving them the cost of printing more, using more paper. mm mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a win-win for every party in this situation. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think more and more places are putting their information on an app or on their website so you can access it there, which is great. But in the meantime, they're still printing all of this stuff up and in how many different languages. If you don't need it, if you're not going to use it when you get home, because I know some people scrapbook or do whatever with that kind of stuff. Cool. If you're going to use it somehow, great. If you're not, don't, don't take something you're just going to chuck in a bin.
1: Yeah. So maybe think to borrow borrow. it or to not feel obligated to pick it up at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And they, I mean, usually that they have vital information in it to help you understand what it is you're looking at. So feel free to look it over. But I I would hesitate to take anything with me that I knew was going to be junk at some point.
1: And if you're traveling with a buddy, maybe just grab one instead of one each. Mm -hmm. You can share papers. I believe in you. If we can share, anybody can share. We can share. Oh. You didn't run this by me beforehand.
0: I will not be sharing
1: oh wow wait
0: when we booked all the hotels for our trip did you think we were going to be sharing the room you get the closet are you kidding
1: me um, another handy tip that we've talked about before is taking trains over planes and public transit over cars just for the money-saving opportunity, but also it's, it's a better, more environmentally friendly mode of transport. I mean, like, once you have engines and whatnot involved, it's kind of not that environmentally friendly, but it's less fuel on a train and on a bus than it is for, like, a single person in a car. I think one of the best things I saw yesterday was that RuPaul tweeted that you aren't stuck in traffic you are the traffic and it was paired with a picture of like 200 cars and 117 people Yep, So yeah,
0: I've seen that graphic before. Yeah. And what's interesting is even airlines are now coming out saying, no, really, take the train. KLM uh, recently, I think maybe even this week, put out a public service annou- announcement saying, yes, we would like your service, but if you can take a train, please take a train instead.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if the airline company is encouraging you to be a little bit more environmentally friendly, I think that's saying quite a bit in this day and age. So, yeah, sometimes it's unavoidable to take that plane but if you can, look in other modes of transit, especially, again, the easy, the easier step is taking public transit over a cab or a car. Yeah, so we briefly touched on this topic last week, I believe, this
0: growing um, movement in the Nordics against taking planes anywhere, and they call it flight shaming, where they try to, like, casually shame people into not taking planes anywhere. Realistically, that's not possible for everyone. But... What I'm looking for is the stat. So I can't find the exact stat of how many train rides you could have for the same carbon footprint of a single transatlantic flight. It was tens. It was in the tens of thousands. What I did find was a stat that says the carbon emission of a flight from London to Paris versus a flight from or a train ride from London to Paris. The train ride is 91% less carbon emission than if you fly, which is hugely significant significant like yes it it is it takes you about the same amount of time if you include checking in at the airport two hours beforehand getting there and all of that but the carbon admission is extremely extremely small relative to flying so with that in mind on our next trip we're trying to take trains as much as possible again because of our time limitations that's not feasible for every single transit point but we're trying and i think that's what's important is just taking the baby steps like we can't wholly eliminate airfare because one of us has to get their butt to Europe. <laughs> but, <laughs> but start where walking. possible. Yeah, there's a land bridge during winter. Did you start walking in winter? Oh, shit. I'm late. Oh, vacation canceled. <laughs>
1: Making changes to how you impact the environment is not going to go overnight to where you're, you know, you got to take the baby steps. You're going to forget your reusable bags, but if you can remember them more often than not, it's a good step forward.
0: Yeah. And it's not as if the majority of carbon emissions is due to consumers. It tends to be businesses, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't also be taking individual steps where we can.
1: And then another easy one to do is if you're staying at a hotel, don't ask for fresh towels and linens every day. you can make them last you do it at home let's be honest so why at a hotel would you need everything changed out every day yeah it reminds me of when
0: people who are talking about packing ask if they should bring 16 pairs of underwear for a two-week trip it's like well if you were at home would you do laundry each week yes well then why no should because be in, you have 16 vacation... pairs of underwear and you don't have to worry about it <laughs> why should vacation be any different at home you don't need to pack 14 outfits for two weeks you need enough for a week because laundry exists <laughs>
1: (laughs) Yes. Don't forget laundry exists outside of where you live.
0: Right. Well, I guess this is the inverse of that. It's if you were at home, you could stretch a towel out for a couple days. So why not do it while you're on vacation too?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're staying at a hotel in three days, unless something tragic has happened to your linens, you probably don't need to get them changed.
0: (laughs) So think about that. Also, don't get fresh toiletries every day. Like cut out the things that you don't need. A lot of hotels now have systems where it's like, if you leave your towel on the ground, we will give you a new one. If you hang it back up we assume you're okay with it so hang your towels up like whatever they say to do just follow their instructions so that you don't have things being needlessly yeah laundered or restocked or whatever
1: because hotels are trying to help lessen their impact on the environment too and you know they're telling you hey if you do this we got you yep they're not going to leave you hanging.
0: Similarly, a lot of hotels will have plastic cups pre-wrapped up on the counter. If you have your own water bottle, don't use those cups. Like, you don't need them. Just they don't exist.
1: Yeah. Leave them be. Push them to the side. It's all good. Um. Also, whenever it's possible, try and invest in travel gear that comes from environmentally friendly or conscious companies. Uh, There's lots out there that'll have a repair, a repair program. And it's always to, better to pay slightly more for a particular item if it's if it's going to have that guarantee that like, if it gets a little worn, they're going to be able to help you repair it versus buying new all the time.
0: Yeah, and this also covers things like fast fashion, which is a very wasteful industry. I don't know. It's kind of hard when you're in a position where maybe your budget is not super wide open and you see options for things that are less expensive but maybe lower quality and you kind of have to do the mental math. Is it worth it to buy something cheap that I have to replace more frequently or is this product where I should put in a little bit more, get something a little bit better that's going to hold up and maybe splurge a little bit, but you know, have something that's going to be with you a little bit longer.
1: Just remember all that good advice that we all learned from what not to wear. I know you guys watch that too. You know, it's sometimes it's better to have those few investment pieces that are gonna last last you a lifetime versus getting the cheap ones that you're gonna be replacing so often that they're gonna you're gonna outspend on the cheap than you would in the investment piece. I think the thing that we all have to do
0: more and more is make the conscious decision that spending a little bit more to put money towards a company company that's doing some good is better for everyone whereas buying something that's cheap and easy is better for you maybe not in the long term but isn't better for the greater good that's probably a good way to phrase it yeah and one way to do this is to look for b-corps b-corps are certified companies that have taken steps to lower their environmental impact and be good members of the global community is i guess a good way of putting it so if you ever see something that's registered as a b-corp that's a good place to start they're probably doing something Right, because they've been someone has taken notice of it and certified
1: um and another one is uh looking into carbon offset programs i think some airlines have started offering this too i don't know who else has yet but um if you look you could probably find something to help on that one is it just a donation process or you pay a little bit more. I think the major third-party one is called,
0: okay, it's Atmosphere, which is kind of a pun on atmosphere, but it's also the German word for breathing. It's a lot of, it's got a lot of components to the name. But Atmos, A-T-M-O-S-F-A-I-R. Yes, I'm spelling things again. Thank you for making a face at me, Melinda. There was a dance move, but okay. You kind of did like a Muppety dance. That was a point. So, Atmosphere, you tell them where you're flying, what route, you just kind of fill in some details about your trip and it pops out the other side how much you should pay in order to offset your portion of that trip's um, carbon footprint. And these programs, like they, what they do is they turn around and use your money to support a charity that does something involved with the environment. It varies depending on what charities they're supporting at that time or, yeah, uh, there's no way for me to tell you exactly what (laughs) charities it would support. That's what I'm trying to say. It's ever evolving. Yeah, and carbon Offset charities, the thing about them is that it's hard to say exactly that your money that they're using will offset exactly what you put into
1: the world by flying.
0: So it's kind of controversial because how do you scientifically state that your money has negated the damage you've done?
1: I think it's just a way to
0: pay off the guilt, really. Yeah, I think that's what it is, too. And there's no harm in doing it. Like, if you do it, a charity will get money, they will do something good for the planet. Like There's no loss involved. Yeah. But, and I get why people are a little anxious about it, because how do you know? Like, if I give you a hundred bucks and you pass it along to someone else, how do I know that it's been vetted correctly? How do I know that it's actually being used in a good way? But that's kind of inherent to all charity.
1: It very much is. It's just one of those you have to take a leap of faith on it, I think, and then follow up with that charity, or what that company is doing, and like how they're actually giving back to the charities. So, I think it's just a learning thing while it's still really new. But again, it's not something that's going to hurt yeah exactly it's not going to hurt anyone to
0: support a charity like
1: but or you, don't- have, you can find a charity to donate directly to
0: after you yeah calculate. exactly so yeah that's the benefit they provide is that they calculate for you they can tell you exactly what the carbon footprint of a flight is well not exactly there's no such thing as being exact on that they can
1: give you an idea of what it is i yeah which is pretty cool when
0: i was looking into this i did the research for our next flight what atmosphere thinks the the price each of us would have to pay in order to offset our carbon footprint and just to give you an idea i'm flying for an hour from Dusseldorf to Copenhagen, and they said to offset my carbon footprint would cost 10 euros, which is not a ton. Like, that's couch cushion very doable, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I looked up yours from Seattle to Copenhagen, and I didn't do the full route because I couldn't remember how many where you connect where, or at least I didn't at the time when I was doing this. Your offset would be 95 euros. Yeah, so that's the other thing, is that's not a small chunk of money. Ow. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised whatsoever, because it's a long flight but yeah absolutely so that's the other hang up is that should we all be offsetting our flights probably but can we all afford to actually do that exactly or more importantly should we as the consumer be doing it and not the airline that's i mean there are other options for for fueling flights just airlines don't use them
1: but again these are all things to look into and consider based on what is reasonable for your lifestyle and budgets start with the easy ones. Honestly, if you need a starting point, start with bringing reusable bags and utensils, not asking for fresh linens daily, looking into more public transport, you know, the simple things. Yep, I agree. And I think there really is a strong argument to say that the airlines should
0: be offsetting their own carbon footprints.
1: But that's a whole nother, like, (laughs) tangent, yeah. I mean, you know, it would be nice if everybody did their part, the company and the consumer, but we're probably not going to be there anytime too crazy soon.
0: Yeah, and just because they say this is what we recommend you pay to offset your carbon footprint doesn't mean that that's what you have to pay. So if yeah. you want to go in and say, well, I can't do a hundred bucks but I'll give you fifty, that's something. Something is better than nothing. For sure. Oh, for sure. So, baby steps. We can all only do as much as we can do.
1: But again, something is better than nothing in this instance, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. If you have more tips, feel free to uh, comment on this week's episode. Share ideas with us. we we're always looking forward to hear from you guys. Yeah, definitely. What we have gotten has been really
0: interesting so far. Speaking of which, I've got a story that we might be able to use on a future episode. Yeah! And, uh, Love those! Um, so, I guess that wraps it up and brings us, well not wraps it up, it brings us to our tip of the week. Brought to you by Sarah. So, the tip of the week is when you are looking at clothing, or looking at companies where you might want to buy travel gear, clothing, and whatnot, as we mentioned in one of the previous tips, then look to see if those companies also have secondhand sections of their website. For instance, Patagonia and REI both do. Recently, I wanted to get one of those Patagonia Nano Puff hoodie jacket things. and Normally, they're around maybe just under 200 euros. I'm not sure what that converts to in USD, but I looked at their worn wear section on their website and I happened to find the color I wanted, the size I wanted, and I think it was maybe 80 bucks instead of 200. And you wow. really, you can't be mad About that. That's a deal. So the jacket's used, but they've repaired it where necessary and they've deemed it worthy enough to sell. So it's gotta be pretty decent condition. They actually, in the description, will tell you exactly what might be considered defective about that exact one. So when you order it, you know what to expect. And then you get it super cheap, you get top-of-the-line stuff, and uh they're not having to make one more product for you, you know? It keeps themselves from you know pumping stuff into the market
1: looks like they actually have a pretty good guarantee of all their used and repair items too yeah absolutely
0: and i think had it not been for the fact that i ordered this months ago when i saw it and had it shipped to my sister's house i could have returned it within like 30 days But it's (laughs) sitting in my sister's basement
1: so it's yours now or mine i don't know we'll see oh yeah because we wear the same size Yeah, it's a jacket. It doesn't have to be super fitted. It's fine.
0: But you also don't want it to be a sail. Like if you were wearing it and the wind were to kick up, it would be like indoor skydiving. Environmentally friendly travel. (laughs) it's winning we'll this just is perfect it's, we'll just put you on a skateboard like a mast yeah I'll stand on the back and we just it's like um what's it called oh the word is gone when it's like a surfboard with a sail what's that windsurfing but on land
1: I'm pretty sure that's a thing soul. I don't know uh but yeah very smart tip I dig it I dig it so that looks like that wraps up this week's episode of ways that you can help reduce your impact on the environment while traveling um yeah drop us a line tell us your tips tell us your horror stories. We're all yours.
0: Yeah. Any story that you think is funny or interesting, let us know, because we've always got time to fill in these episodes. And we'd fill it with your stories, making you a minor celebrity. Just saying, if you want to be a minor celebrity, like a local newsman... Yeah. The, I mean, do you want to be Steve Poole? You could be the next Steve Poole. I would
1: love to be the next Steve Poole. Sorry, everybody else that don't actually know who he is.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, well, maybe not hopefully, but I'm willing to bet based on our download stats that if you're listening to this, you are from Seattle or you've been in Seattle, you know who Steve Poole is. Everybody should know who Steve Poole is anyway. So if you don't know, Google him.
1: Learn about the Seattle ways. But yes, uh, join us next week i don't know if we have a plan yet but i'm sure it's gonna be brilliant as usual i'll bet you a hundred bucks no nope. in our next episode No. Nope. we're gonna talk about something travel
0: related nope <laughs> not even as soon close. as we as soon as we start talking next week you will owe me 100 bucks
1: i don't like this plan anymore
0: it's my podcast i make the rules give Ooh, me money
1: nope nope it's fine but anyways uh join us next week for another fun travel related episode and hopefully i won't sniffle in your ear this time Time. Yeah, please don't. I'm over it. But just Sorry. remember, it's an adventure. So, uh, try
0: that fun foreign cold medicine. Maybe it has codeine in it.
1: Or or maybe take a safer bet and uh try that previously used and repaired Patagonia jacket you've been eyeballing but can't drop the the dollar on at first.
0: That sounds like way less of an adventure than taking some codeine-laced medicine.
1: I mean, to each their own. Baby steps. Where is your
0: sense of adventure, woman?
1: Not necessarily on the unknown. I can't read the label medicine. That's in quotes to you sometimes. Hashtag it's an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick. <laughs> Best episode yet. Alright. We'll see you we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Okay, bye. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to another episode of Seattle 2 Unknown. Don't forget to tell your friends about us and subscribe so you never miss a thing. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest under C2Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O-Unknown. Or you can check us out on our website, www.c2unknown.com. Want to know what we do on our off time? You can find both Sarah and I on Twitter and Instagram. Sarah is at S-A-R underscore S and I'm at HooliganMonster on both. We would also love to hear from you. Send us an email with your stories and travel tips to cedounknown at gmail.com. Until then, it's an adventure. Bye!